Hey, this is Chris Green, and you're listening to The Vine. Today on the podcast, we're continuing our journey through the book of Acts, where we're looking at the first days of the church. We're discovering the first things of the church, those things that the church held above all others. And we're trying to recover those first things in our day so that our own lives of faith can be revitalized. So thanks for joining us on this journey. Hope today's podcast is a blessing to you. Before we dive into it, I just want to um, uh, mention quickly, this past week, um, the rains that we had, were uh, they were something special, weren't they? Um, a couple of things came to mind, especially on, on, uh, on Thursday, when, when that 25-minute deluge uh, fell down. Um, the phrase, uh, the Lord willing and the creek don't rise. The creek rose in quite a few places and couldn't get very far. Um, uh, I thought of the song, Showers of Blessing, which is why we sang it today. Um, I also thought about the way I ended our, our time in the Word last week, um, the prayer. Um, you, you, can, you can blame me, perhaps, uh, but I remember we talked about if, if life with God was like a body of water, what would it be? And we said some people think it's an ocean, it's vast and unfathomable, and we don't really know really what's going on. And so the church is like a cruise ship where we all just kind of coasting along, having a good time. Some people uh, think that uh, perhaps it's like a pool, you know, only open during certain seasons. Um, but the scriptures talk about it, the life with God being like a river that flows from the presence of God. And so I remember praying, Lord, let the river flow. I thought about that as I was driving by and saw the high waters rising and the, the power of the water as it was flowing. And I thought, oh, God, please let that river flow in me. Jesus was talking to a woman at the well uh, in uh, Samaria, and he says, if anyone would come to me and thirst, uh, I will give them uh, cause within them springs of living water to flow. And I couldn't help but think of all of that as, as I was taking shelter, uh, watching the rain fall and all that. So I think it's a, it's a good imagery of, uh, and something to hold on to, something that I won't forget. That talking about flowing river and it, think, it taking things along with it, that's exactly where these disciples, Peter and John, found themselves, right in the middle of this river of God's move, and they're walking by the temple, see this lame man. We talked about this last week. They look at him. He's asking for money. They look at him, and they say, look at me. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And lo and behold, he got up and walked. But he didn't just walk. He goes walking and leaping and praising God. Did you learn the song I sang last week? Yeah? Okay. There'll be a quiz after the service, so we'll see. Um, uh, so now, we're, now we've come to the, to the part, uh, chapter 4, where they're dealing with the consequences of all this, um, where the, the guy's walking and leaping and praising God, and the clergy are upset. The religious leaders don't like what's happening because – I mean, people are praising God, but like, who are these guys? And in whose name? In fact, that's where they begin, in whose name? Well, I love it uh, in verse um, uh, in verse 2 of chapter 4. They, they seized them because they were annoyed. <laughs> I love that. They were annoyed with this, this, these two guys and this ruckus that they're causing. So they seized them, and they asked him, they didn't say, where did you get this power? They didn't say, 
um, uh, where, what is the, the church that you preach at? They said, in whose name did you do this work? Uh, it, the, it occurred to me that I, perhaps I did not explain that uh, very well last week, that to, to, when the scriptures talk about in the name of, they're not just saying, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. That it's not just like a sign-off of a prayer, like Roger, Roger, over and out. It's it went to do something in the name of Jesus is to say, in his authority, I'm doing this. If the president sent you as a delegate to a foreign country, you would be going in the name of the president. You would have the authority of the president within bounds. The president would say you could agree to this or not agree to that. Um, uh, you would be going in the name of the president and you would have the full authority uh, of, of the president. That's what Peter and John are talking about. And that's what these religious leaders are questioning. In whose authority are you going out and saying these things? In what name? And Peter's response, he, it says in verse 8, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke boldly and said to them, um, are you questioning because we did something good? For, we brought healing? Are you upset because we brought healing? Um, this was done in the name of Jesus. And he's the one that you crucified. But God raised from the dead, and it's because of him that this man is standing here right now. And then he goes on to say, Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. You know, he was the outcast, the one that wasn't deemed. Uh, he, the stone that the builders rejected has become the center stone, the cornerstone, the thing upon which all things uh, lean on and are held together. Uh, he just lays this out for them, and then he says this, and if we can go to the next slide, please. Oh, sorry. Yep. Next slide. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. In what name? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked, Peter says, in the name that is incomparable to any other, in the name that is greater than any other name, because no other name under heaven can, there is no other name under heaven by which people can be saved. People can be restored to relationship with God. Peter's saying, thanks for asking. I was hoping you'd ask. There, this is the name. It's not a name. This is the name. And it says in verse 13 that when they heard his response, perhaps they were angry. Perhaps they just didn't like it. It seems to be clear that they didn't like it at all. It says they observed a, a few things about them that were, um, uh, it, it, namely their boldness the boldness of their conviction, that this for them, for Peter and John, they weren't just saying, hey, you know what, we kind of, you know, my truth for me, your truth for you. They weren't saying this, they're saying, no, there's one name under heaven, there, this name, and it's this name, just to prove that what we're saying is true. The lame man who was lame since he was born, now 40 years old, he's walking again. So this is the, this is the confirmation that this is, this is the name. This is the name that is greater than any other name. Jesus, the Son of God, crucified, died, and buried, raised, and has sent to the Holy Spirit who is still at work today. This is their conviction, and they were bold about it. You think in his day and, and their day, and I think even in ours, what a strange thing to hold on to an indisputable conviction in an age when few people do, in an age where... Um, we have uh, we have almost become shy of talking about 
convictions because we're worried we'll we'll and what I believe does the person I'm talking to share that same belief? Are they going to judge me because of what I believe? Are uh, am I going to have to explain something that I don't know how to explain if I say what I believe? We shy away sometimes from talking about uh, our conviction. And here's Peter and John, and the thing that these religious leaders saw on them was boldness. They were convinced about the person of Jesus, and they walked in the power of his name, as if Jesus Christ himself had sent them out. Strange thing. I would say that this truth is very much still disputed to this day. You see that that to, to speak in the name of Jesus, to talk about Jesus in any other way, if you, we can talk about him as a good moral teacher. We can talk about him as uh, someone who, who just was a model human being, right? We have no problems talking about Jesus that way. But when we talk about Jesus as the name, then we see that that fact gets disputed a lot in our days. And even, even in churches, that name will be disputed. It's, well, it's, it's a name, it's not the name. It's one among many. I, I, I'm here to just share with you the words of Scripture that it's the name. It's one name. And that's nothing to be shy about. It's something to hold as a treasure, to cherish there were a few things in uh, that they noticed beyond their boldness. They, the, the boldness seemed very strange to them because they saw a few things in Peter and John that they just, you know how things just don't line up? Um, uh, you, you hear something about somebody and then you see them and you're like, really, you did that? Uh, that came from you? Um, there's a few things. Got them up on the, on the wall here for you. Uh, next slide, please. They noticed that these were uneducated and untrained people. How would you like for that to be said about you? You just look like you're uneducated. None of you do. You all look like scholars. And, um, but th they, they were very clear. Perhaps it was in the way they talked. Perhaps it was in the way they dressed. Perhaps they didn't have certain clothing that would mark them out as educated and trained people. Uh, but they noticed that they were uneducated and untrained. There's this saying that I think is important for you and me to remember. You might have to think about it a little bit, but uh, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You heard that before? That's a good one. Hold on to that one. Uh, God, doesn't, God doesn't need, I say this as someone who's pursuing a master's and Lord willing onto a PhD, God doesn't need your master's and your PhD. God doesn't need your high school diploma. He will use anything that you in faithfulness give to him, but he doesn't need it for you to find God's call. God doesn't call the ones, God doesn't just call the ones that are qualified, but if he's called you, he will qualify you. And we see that in Peter and John, fishermen, remember that. When Jesus called them, they were fishermen. And do you remember what Jesus said that they would be? Remember Peter and John uh, and James were out fishing? And, uh, and Jesus walks up to the shore and he says, hey, throw your, no your nets down for a catch. And they're like, uh, Lord, we've, we've uh, fit, been fishing all night and we caught nothing, but at your word, we'll let down the nets. They let down the nets immediately, almost broke the nets and the boat, so much fish. And they came in, in, to shore and they laid themselves down at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. 
seems like Jesus knew what he was talking about. He doesn't call the people who are pre-qualified. He qualifies those who call, who he calls. It's a beautiful thing for us to remember. They noticed that they were uneducated and untrained, yet they were remarkably informed and empowered, it seemed like. And of course, we know because we read the first two chapters, first three chapters, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. The second thing, next slide, I love this line. They noticed that they had been with Jesus. Oh, God, let that be true of me. That We notice that Chris has been with Jesus. We notice that Tom has been with Jesus, that Eric, that Heidi. Uh, we notice that, that, that you have been with Jesus. What a wonderful thing to be said about you, uh, that you have been with Jesus. They, their knowledge of Jesus wasn't academic. It wasn't cultural knowledge. It wasn't philosophical or theoretical knowledge. Their knowledge was personal. They knew the person they were speaking about. They could say there is no other name because they had seen Jesus heal. And they had seen what would happen when they, when they walked in the power of his name. They saw what would happen. They, th- there was no question for them. It was a personal knowledge that they had. They, they said, in effect, what you and I can both say today, that he is my Lord. I know his love. I walk in his name. They noticed that they had been with Jesus. Thirdly, uh, next slide, please. They, they noticed that this man had been healed. That was kind of the inescapable problem, right? Here he is, as far as we know, that guy is still running laps around the temple courts uh, while this whole council is going on. They couldn't, they couldn't do anything about it. In verse 14, it's, and since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. What, what can we say to deny all this? What can we do? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. There's nothing that they could do. Here he is walking and leaping. This is the thing that I love. We saw it in Jesus, um, and and we see it in his disciples. They all know that talk is easy. What I'm doing right now, super easy. Any one of you can do this. Talk is easy. The expression, words are cheap. Uh, I don't know. I I think words can be valuable, but to, to say words is easy. To back up words with action, that's another thing altogether. And what we see here is they just didn't say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I hope you feel better. That would have been easy. That requires no waiting on a consequence of any kind. That requires no demonstration of any power from God. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And the guy stood up and walked. There was a a power that backed up the word, and they couldn't do anything about it. They didn't know what to do. They were concerned with riots and with falling out of favor with the rest of the people. They were very concerned about this new authority that was now coming in, in this name of Jesus. And I just want to reemphasize their problem wasn't with the healing. Their problem was with the name. Verse 17 and 18, but so that they said, they're saying in this council together while Peter and John have left, but so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone about healing. No, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name again. So afraid of a name. It goes on in verse 18. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And I love Peter and John's response. Hey, whether it's right to 
in the sight of God for us to listen to you than to God, you tell me. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you tell me if we should listen to you or listen to God. I, you know, confer among yourselves and get back to us. Send us a message and we'll, we'll see what you have to say. And it says, for we are unable, they said, we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen, what we have heard, what we know to be true. So they return. They, the disciples go back. This was the first time that they had been imprisoned, that anyone had been imprisoned for speaking in the name of Jesus. So Peter and John, out of they had spent that night in prison, council in the morning, they were released, and they go back to the believers. Remember the believers? There was about 3,000 of them at that time. They were eating bread in each other's homes and listening to teaching and taking care of one another by giving what they had to take care of one another. Uh, they, Peter and John come back. And they tell them what's happened, everything that happened, everything that was said, and then they begin to pray together. This prayer is so inspiring. They say, they prayed for boldness to speak your word. They, they go through and they say, look, we know that there is so much resistance out there to, to this name. We know that we are giving our lives for this name, and it is not always accepted, and sometimes it's just straight up rejected. And now an authority uh, a body of authority has commanded us not to speak, but Lord, you know all things. They lean on the providence of God. You knew this day was coming. You've spoken about it before. This is nothing new. There's resistance to this name, but we believe in you, God. We trust in you, God. We know that we are just part of your bigger story that you're working. And so they say, give us boldness. In the face of this opposition, give us boldness to speak your word. And, to, and, and we pray that you would back up your word as we speak it, that you would back it up with power so that it would truly be indisputable for all. So that when we speak and, and things happen that could only happen if what we said was absolutely true. You and I ought to pray the same kind of prayers today, I'm convinced. We ought to pray. We ought to recognize before God, man, this life of, of walking with Jesus it's not accepted everywhere. There is resistance to this. There are things that I believe as a follower of Jesus that um, uh, uh, can seem, can seem uh, um, um, what's the right word? Uh, uh, when you believe something and you exclude exclusionary, I'm, I'm failing on a word right now, but whatever. It can seem to shut people out. When you say there is one name, there's no other name. That, 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 that writes off a whole lot of other names. And to be a follower of Jesus and to, and to say that and to believe that, that can, that can cause resistance. But when we pray this, like, Lord, it's not, we're not trying to make enemies. We're trying to live for you and love you. And, and we cannot deny the truth of who you are and what you've said and what you've done. We believe in you, God. This is how our prayer should be. And then we should pray also. Man, if Peter and John, the 12, two of the 12 that walked with Jesus, needed to pray for boldness, perhaps you and I do too. Perhaps that's not a crazy thing to think that we ought to, that it's okay for us to be in need of boldness too. Help us to speak the truth of who you are and what you've done. And, and it says, and, and we pray, this is it's still in chapter four, in verse um, 20, uh, in verse 30 or 29, and now Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out 
your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In other words, God, we can't back up this word with any power. We need you to back up this word with power. We need you to confirm that what we're saying is true. We're just going to speak your word. We need your boldness. We need you to do what we can't do on our own. And it says in verse 31, when they said amen, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Listen, I, as, as what, will the world be saved by our clever arguments, by our education, by our fancy things that we do? Uh, will it be saved by our nice faces or our lovely Sunday mornings? If that were the case, then all the people that you know and I know and love would be here with us this morning if it only took that. But what if God in his wisdom is waiting on us to turn and look to him, to not look at what resources we have? How good am I with words? You know, I have a testimony, I think, but I'm not very good with telling it. Uh, if all it took was all that, then we'd be in trouble. But what if God is waiting for us to turn to him and say, Lord, you see the way it is. We are fully yours. We're fully yours. You do what only you can do. What if he's waiting on that? What if God is waiting for you and I to trust in the name of Jesus like we never have before? What if that is all it took? for God to shake up the ground and for faith to start flowing again like a Thursday rain in Etna and Hanover Center or like a river that runs from the presence of God. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would shake up the ground of our fears and doubts, that you would make the glory of your name indisputable again. One says this, another says that. But Lord, when you speak, things change. In the name of Jesus, lame people walk. Broken hearts are healed. Things change in the room. In Jesus' name. And so I pray in Jesus' name that you would do a work in our hearts and in our church that is indisputable, that goes beyond mere human strength and ingenuity and craftiness, and that comes straight from the river that flows from the presence of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.